Hey guys, welcome to the Bill Barnwell Show. I am Bill Barnwell. Today, not surprisingly, we're recapping the Super Bowl. And joining me to do that will be my friend and colleague, Dominique Foxworth. We're going to talk about everything the Chiefs did to break the Eagles' defense, what the Eagles could have done to stop it, and whether Jalen Hurts has emerged as a superstar after his incredible passing performance in this defeat. But first, you already know about the Low Post with Zach Lowe and the Hoop Collective with Brian Windhorst. But have you listened to the C.J. McCollum show, where every week, New Orleans Pelican star C.J. McCollum discusses names and storylines in and around the NBA with inside perspective you can only get from someone in the locker room and on the floor. That's the C.J. McCollum show. Listen wherever you are listening to this podcast. Now, here's Dominique breaking down the Chiefs-Eagles Super Bowl. I believe we started the season with this man. We're going to finish the season with my friend, my colleague, the person I talk to every week about fell on Sunday night on Debatable, the man himself, Dominique Foxworth. Dominique, are you sad the season's over? No, 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 no. no, no. There we go. No, no. Are you? Well, it's different for me, though, than it is for you. Like, I get to go rest in a coffin for six months and come back fully formed in september you got to talk about Kyrie for uh, the next six yeah. months no but i mean the the it's a lot less taxing the basketball <laughs> conversation is a lot less taxing and um honestly it's just the travel i'm gonna travel a lot less and uh yeah it's it's a lot i think i'm done doing me in a show after this one for a while wow yeah Thank so you. i think uh the season this was probably the most content i've ever produced in one football season so i'm happy to have a little reprieve but this game was fun hard is it harder to make it through an nfl season as a cornerback or as a content (laughs) producer because it sounds like it's pretty close Uh, no i think i'm just old and lazy and soft now it's obviously much harder (laughs) to play cornerback but i am no longer as tough as i once was or as hungry as I once was. And now I complain about things like talking about football. Mm, that's fair. That's absolutely fair. I, I hope you got to eat something. When did you get up today? When, when was your... I know, I know we're taping. 5 a.m. I went to bed at 5 a.m. Nice. We it crossed paths. wake up? Like 9.30. Okay. That's a little four and a half, baby. Brian, four and a half hour sleep, Brian. You know me. <laughs> Monday morning. I don't yeah, have to do that again until September. It's great. Nice. Congratulations. I'm sure this is thrilling oh, to yeah. our listeners. They just love hearing about our schedules. Sleep schedule. Talk. Sleep, schedule. Well, sleep is important in the NFL, Dominique. You know that. Sleep is uh. essential to success. And I feel like Eagles fans are not going to sleep. Well, I was wondering how you were going to pull this segue off. I could feel you rounding the segue corner and it, it felt a little loose. You tightened it up. I like that. Pablo Torre in training. That's me. <laughs> That's me. When Pablo when Pablo gets sick of doing the stuff he does, I'm just going to jump right in as Pablo's replacement. Yeah, uh, they probably aren't sleeping well. You're right, but they probably also are very drunk, so they probably. That's <laughs> also true. They may they may they may be doing the thing where you you're drunk and you wake up or you go to sleep and you wake up and you're still drunk, just a little less drunk. Uh, that may be where they're at after this game i i thought it was really fun i i know the ending left a bad taste in some people's mouths i know you don't really want to talk about the ending 
I don't think there's a lot to say about it. Do you want to just talk about it for 20 seconds and move on? Sure. Sure. I mean, I don't think there's much to say. Like you said, it, it's a, uh, it seemed like the right call. Uh, you, I'm not sure how to argue against it. I think the, the, my biggest feeling is it's okay to be disappointed without being angry. Mm. You know, like it feels like everyone wants, or not everyone, but people were all disappointed. We all want to see Jalen Hurts get a chance. But that doesn't mean we have to be angry at the referees. We can just be disappointed that it had to end the way that it ended because I think you have to make that call in that situation. That It was the same route that they had been killing mm-hmm. the Eagles with. They scored two touchdowns on that motion down kind of whip route situation, and the Eagles finally adjusted, whereas they, they weren't going to pass it off from corner to safety anymore. They wanted Bradbury to stay or the corners to stay locked on and press a guy who's in motion, which is very difficult to do, which Bradbury did. And when you're doing that, you're going to get your momentum running inside. He looked in the backfield and then got a little tug. It was a discreet tug. It's something that honestly, had they not called it, I wouldn't be flipping out for them not calling it, but I think it's a fair call to make. Now, Bradbury, after the game admitted, he said, yes, I held this man. Dominique, you were a former NFL cornerback. There are probably times where you committed a penalty and got away with it or vice versa. Would you in the same situation, have been brave enough to admit, yeah, I held that player on the biggest play of the game. Probably the biggest play of my life. Absolutely not. That's what I thought. And I don't blame you. I don't blame you. He's much more secure than I am because I would have, even if I knew it, maybe I wouldn't have said it was a bad call or I didn't do anything. Mm -hmm. I I just would have said something like, hey, I I mean, I don't know. I leave it for you to take a look at your own conclusion. Something like that, knowing in my heart I was dead wrong, but that's uh, a mature and, frankly, very confident and secure individual in Bradbury. Just just cast aspersions towards other people. It's a totally fair solution to that. No, no, no I wouldn't cast aspersions. I was saying... Leave like, it open-ended. You, yeah, like, you be the judge. You take a look at it. I mean, I don't know. Hey, the refs got to make their own decisions. Yeah, I would have just been vague about it. Mm, smart, smart, smart. Okay, let's talk about that motion because I feel like that's one of the big keys to this game and how it how the Chiefs sort of launched their their second half comeback. We talked about it a little bit on Debatable last night. I went ahead and watched the game back uh, to get a sense of what the Chiefs were doing, and, and you sort of alluded to the motion and, and how the Chiefs were creating opportunities in in the red zone. So. Sum it up for us. How 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 did the Chiefs end up with at least two wide open receivers for touchdowns in this game in the second half? So the Eagles played a lot more man than I think anyone who's watched the Eagles all season would have anticipated, and they played it in the red zone, which is a good time, good place to play man. You don't have as much of deep responsibilities, but and they did it sometimes with blitzes attached to it, and sometimes just straight man, but. When someone's going in motion across the field, you can do one of two things. You can go with them. If you're, he's your man, you can lock on and stay with him. Or you can uh, switch responsibilities. It's sometimes called rock and roll or seesaw, something like that, uh, with the safety. So the safety who's in better position can go cut off that guy who's going in motion who's presumably going to go to the other side of the field. He might run a jet sweep. He might run a flat route. No matter what, the assumption is it's going to be something on the other side of the field. It could be uh, just something over the middle field and just a stop, but it's going to be an in-breaking route is the assumption. So the corner will replace the middle field safety and take his responsibility, and the middle field safety will take over that man coverage. So that's what their plan was, Uh, and they did it for 
much of the game. And then the Chiefs saw that they were doing it and decided that they would kind of play with that. And so once you start going in, the middle field safety is starting to come down to take over. And he's in terrible position to cover anything to the outside. Mm -hmm. So you just pivot back and go back outside because all your momentum is going that way. And the corner has already assumed that he could free up his responsibility and he's headed to the middle of the field to take over and protect the rest of the guys uh, as the middle field safety. And they just did it on one side and then went and did it on the other side. I think it was, first it was against Slay. Then the second time mm -hmm. I think it was against the nickel. And Maddox, then the yeah. third, yeah. And then the third time they did it against Bradbury. Mm -hmm. And so they were just going to keep doing it to everybody they could find on the team until somebody figured it out. And they did it twice for two touchdowns before it seemed like the Eagles like, all right, they got something for us. We can't do this anymore. Next time we're in man coverage, just lock up. Poor Nick Sirianni was about to get broken off in coverage. <laughs> if the game had gone on long enough. Can you feel sorry for Nick Sirianni? We'll get to your opinion on Nick Sirianni. I know I you. Have, I, I don't, I don't, I, that is not accurate. Is my Nick Sirianni head. We'll we'll get to that in a minute, but with the motion stuff. Um, number one, guess I don't know if you saw. Guess who spotted this on film against the Jaguars earlier this season and brought it to the team's attention for this key moment? Do you know who did that, Dominique? Mm -mm, I don't know. Oh, it, it was Eric Bieniemy. It turns out the very smart, the very smart offensive mind who. I seemingly not gotten head coaching opportunities. Uh, found that play on tape, which I will say I also saw as well, but I did not. Uh, yeah, did not that was going to be my attention. guess. My guess is going to be Bill Barnwell. <laughs> that would have been a better solution. I, I did talk about the jet sweep stuff in my preview, but Eric Bannemi brought that play to the Chiefs, put it in front of the team and said, hey, if they they match this way, we're going to have free opportunities to score in the red zone. We saw even early in this game in the first half, they had some plays where, you know, they would bring the jet sweep and bring the, the jet motion across. And instead of having the return, they would throw into the flat where where it had been gone, where Jared McKinnon, I think, had that's the one yard line on one play like that. And then he took a handoff in the same situation and got inside the five as well. Um, so this was a key component of the Chiefs game plan in the red zone helped them. I mean, really was the difference in them winning the Super Bowl. And it came from, uh, uh, you know, an offensive mind who I think maybe might deserve a better opportunity than the one he has. Yeah, I uh, I don't know. It's, it's been so long that Eric Bieniemy. I feel like the time that, that it takes for someone to get a head coaching job when they've been Andy Reid's offensive coordinator has been like doubled and tripled by the time that Eric Bieniemy has been there. It seems like everyone who has that job gets a head coaching job uh, all the way back to Philly. And for whatever reason, uh, it matters that Eric Bieniemy is not the chief play caller in a way that it didn't matter for many others, even guys who were co-offensive coordinators while still not calling the plays. So mm -hmm. it's mind blowing. I don't know the reason, like it feels like it's, it, it's even more than race at this point. It has to be, I, I just, I don't know. It's just doesn't make sense. It, it, it feels very short-sighted and certainly, I mean, this is a, a key component to this game, but in terms of the Eagles defense, like having saw that happen earlier in the year against the Jags, having seen it happen, in this game, where even after that first Kadarius Tony touchdown, where he walks in, are you surprised they didn't have any better of a solution than the ones they came up with? 
incredibly surprised because you not only do you watch everything uh, through the course of the year that you've done wrong or that right. your opponent has done right, uh, you watch it again and you kind of do some self scout when you're headed when you have two weeks ahead into this game. And normally, honestly, what happens? And I don't know who they played after the Jags, but maybe it's that team's fault because what happens in the course of the season is you get your ass beat on a particular play. The team the next week runs that play Mm -hmm. like they let's see if they got this sorted out. They run it at least once to test you to see if you got it sorted out. And normally when you give up, even if you win a game, if you have a play that you notice is giving you trouble or you don't have an answer for you spend part of the the um, walkthrough the day after the game. I'm like, all right, this is what happened. Even if we won, this is what happened. We didn't have an answer for it. What's going to be our answer? And mm-hmm. apparently they didn't do it. And it. And I, I guess to be fair, they were playing that for what they see most often. And what they see most often is a jet sweep out of that mm-hmm. or a drag route. So that's fine. They were playing the coverage that's best for that. But as soon as you get one time of them taking advantage of that, you then have to go to your answer. It should not take two touchdowns before you can go to your answer. Okay. I got another question. This is just me asking you NFL stuff that I don't know. Uh, Jonathan Gannon, Eagles defensive coordinator. Have you seen his play sheet? Yeah, it's tiny, right? It's he's like got like he's got like an index card. Yeah. Like it does that seem strange to you? Uh it is very strange. If um so traditionally you kind of think if you are more talented, you don't want to complicate things. Sure. Like just let our guys be better than the other Seahawks. people. You, yeah. And I remember and yeah, and I remember in college it was like we would play Florida State and they would run <laughs> and they were line up in an I formation, like the most rudimentary formation they could line up in. Mm-hmm. They'd run dive, they run toss, they'd run counter, they run um outs, goes, and skinny posts. That was it. And they would beat everybody's ass because mm. they had more players than everyone else. But eventually you're going to see somebody who's just as good as you and you need some more answers. You can't just run the same stuff. And obviously on defense, there are fewer, I guess, variations that you can come up with. So, yeah, I, I get it. Your place doesn't have to be as big as a Waffle House menu or like an offensive place because they're just mm-hmm. – there's you're so much of it is reaction. You're not going to put defensive motions in and shifts and change defensive protections. And honestly, so much of defense is kind of a la carte in that you can call a, a line, a front twist or front mm-hmm. um, alignment that doesn't have to marry at all. But sometimes it does, but doesn't have to marry with in the secondary. So right. you only need so many words. So I can understand why you don't need a big play sheet. But when it translates to the way that it looks on the field for the Eagles for much much of the season, it's like we do what we do. Mm-hmm. And when you come up against a team that's not so overmatched or at least has a player who is so good and minds on the other side that are so good that if you tell them what you're going to be in, they got to answer for it. I think the, the biggest issue is not how big the play sheet is, in my view, as much as it's you got to switch from series to series, what you're going to major in. You can't let them know uh, what you're going to be in and then let them go to the sideline or even go away to the locker room and then come back out and you're still doing the same stuff. Just not how it works. So you wouldn't just bring out like a Cheesecake Factory menu just for intimidation factor, even if you were only going to run like eight or nine different concepts. (laughs) Absolutely, I would. 
because uh, as we established earlier, I'm not as secure as Bradbury. <laughs> so as soon as someone made a joke about my tiny play card, mm-hmm. I come out with the biggest play card ever. Mm-hmm. Size matters. They they brought in Vic Fangio yeah, as a that. consultant for two weeks. Like, do you, number one, do you think that actually made a difference? Number two, do you think micro coaching is the wave of the future in the NFL? I like it as a strategy. Um, do I think it made a difference? It, it sure didn't seem like I mean, it made a no. positive difference. No, uh, I guess maybe he was helping out on um, not special teams. Maybe he was helping out on the offense. He's yeah. the reason why Jim Hurts threw that 14, third and 14. Yeah, the perfect corner route. Yeah, nice job, fans. Fang. <laughs> nice job, Fang. Uh, like, like, wouldn't it be great if you could, you know, if it's like a a, a third and two, and it's I don't know, uh, some Kyle Shanahan's playing, and he calls in Mike from the stands, and Mike, Mike calls one play. Like, wouldn't that be dramatic? I would love that. Mike Shanahan coming back from retirement just to call one play. Just kind of I, call, sure. call stretch, you know. Yeah, I, I already know what the play is going to be. Or boot. It's going to be boot. He loves boot. <laughs> <laughs> he only ran. He only ran the stretch so he could boot. Mm-hmm. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better with the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit style pizza in the country. There is no competition and right now get five dollars off any eight corner pizza with code eight save that's the number eight s-a-v-e go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a jets pizza location near you again try jet signature eight corner pizza and get five dollars off with code eight save that's number eight s-a-v-e jets pizza better because it has to be um in terms of We'll get to the Eagles offense in a second, but in terms of the Chiefs offense, I thought Patrick Mahomes was pretty good in this game. I mean, I I know that's crazy for me to say. The numbers are not necessarily dramatic. A lot of it was short completions, but like, are you surprised Mahomes didn't have more trouble with this Eagles defense, given how good they'd been all year? Not really. I mean, I think uh, people who wanted to like take shots at the Eagles would point to the quarterbacks that they played against. And if you wanted to celebrate what, how good Mahomes has been this season, you could point to him against better defenses like the 49ers and say he had success there. It's hard to be surprised by Mahomes greatness. I'm more surprised when Mahomes isn't good. Uh, I guess I could say I was surprised they didn't get one sack or that it seemed like he threw only one incomplete pass in the second half. Like that's somewhat surprising. But, I mean, it's hard to be surprised by Patrick Mahomes being good. I don't know if you know this or not, but uh, he's been a starter for five years, and he's been in the conference championship every year and won two MVPs. And never played never played a road playoff game. Wow. Only, nice. only home fields and neutral site stuff for Patrick Mahomes. I, I, like, I think the thing that really stood out to me about him in this game is that you know, when you think about Mahomes, if you think, okay, he's going to do something crazy or remarkable, it's, you know, throwing no-look passes. It's it's yeah. it's hitting, you know, 40-yard bombs and, and dropping it in guys' hands. It, it's the stuff that we saw in years past. But in this game, the way he was really great was movement. Like, his, his movement to avoid pressure, to mitigate pressure and get the ball out, to avoid sacks. Like, he didn't take a single sack in this game 
against one of the best best pass rushes by the numbers in NFL history. And it wasn't like they were playing from ahead the entire game. They were trailing for yeah. a deep I mean, chunk of this game. Mahomes is always kind of, at least this year in particular, he's been very good at avoiding sacks. Uh, the movement combined with the ankle and also just like running. I think I read that his, his run was the longest mm-hmm. for a quarterback in a Super Bowl while he's on this bum ankle. Like, that's really i think astute is that appreciating how impressive his movement was and it kind of switched positions i know jalen hurt still ran the ball well but Mm -hmm. like his throws i thought were like more he had more of the eye-popping mahomes seeing throws than mahomes had and mahomes had the one big kind of pivotal 23 i think yard Mm -hmm. run Mm -hmm. so when we have the conversation about how our running quarterback has never won the super bowl you could say hey Patrick Mahomes was a running quarterback and won the Super Bowl. And he made a lot of money. Oh, man, two arguments for Super Bowl (laughs) winners that are just destroyed now. Very troubling for uncles around America. I love it. I didn't even realize that. I can't wait to use that when people say. But then they're just going to be like, no, but it's Patrick Mahomes, so it doesn't matter. Um, Yeah, that's fair. I know. Uh, Let's talk about Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts came into this game, passing numbers in the playoffs, not that good. Hadn't really been relied upon to move the football all that much. They've been playing well, but they played the Giants were bad, and they played a team that had no quarterbacks with a functional UCL or uh, that were able to play, so that was bad. But Jalen Hurts was, to me, every bit as good, if not better. I would say better, realistically, yeah. than Patrick Mahomes in this game, except for the one play where he fumbled the ball away for a touchdown. But besides that, incredible. Yeah. I agree. I mean, if you were willing to still hold out some question about Jalen Hurts, it was how he would perform in a big game against a great opponent. Because mm-hmm. he had plenty of big games, and but the opponents weren't up to par. He had played his best game, I think, anyone had ever seen him play at any level in this particular game against the best uh, quarterback on the other sideline. And he outplayed him, in my view. That one fumble... It's like, it's so sad because it's so fluky. It wasn't a bad decision, you know, and and not even the fumble switching hands or switching the ball to the other hand. And he just kind of dropped it. Okay. That seems fluky and like Mm -hmm. unfair for that to be a problem. And then for Nick Bolton to just kind of scoop it on his first try (sighs) and take it back to a touchdown. It's like that so rarely happens that Mm -hmm. guys are that athletic and coordinated in that, in that moment. So if they could have gotten a stop there, forced a field goal, maybe he misses it or even um, maybe stopped them all together or created mm-hmm. a turnover themselves. Like this, we're looking at an entirely different game, but we still were in a situation even with that. And even with a punt return by Kadarius Tony down to the five yard line, even with all of that, we still were so close to Jalen Hurts still have an opportunity to lead a tying or winning drive. I mean, even, even given that he was not able to, they score 35 points yeah. in this game. They get, I think, eight possessions. They have, no, they had, they had nine realistic possessions in this game. The tenth was the final play of the game. So they go three and out twice, and score. I think every single time, besides the, the fumble, they move the ball throughout the game. And and I think the the range of ways they move the ball in this game was really impressive. Like with the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, as good as he was, it was like okay, we're going to scheme some stuff up for Kelsey. We're going to use short motion to get him free. We're going to run the ball effectively, which they did, Kansas City. And 
then we're going to you know hit some stuff in the red zone that's that's playing off of a defensive tendency. It felt like no matter what the Chiefs did in this game, whether they were sending pressure, whether they were dropping back and playing coverage, whether they were daring Hurts to keep, whether they were playing Hurts to hand the ball off, it felt like Hurts was making plays in every single way as a runner and more impressively as a passer as this game went on. It didn't feel like the Chiefs really ever had a consistent solution for stopping him. It's hard to believe how much better he's gotten. I think Incredible. if we if if we could wipe our memories of everything before this game and just had this game to watch, like I wonder how honest how we would honestly assess Jalen Hurts because I, he outplayed Patrick Mahomes. He was clearly the better quarterback on that game, and I think we still have so many like priors hanging on to being able to accept. And like we we look at the talent around him because he he wasn't under pressure. They protected him. And they blocked well in the running attack. So, yeah, that's to his advantage. But he still made special plays. And, uh, yeah, I think it's impossible for us to just separate what we already know about him from what he's showing us now. But uh, I think we got to start doing that because this whole season he was really impressive. And his even in the, the playoff wins, they weren't, like, him dominating. But he just mm-hmm. doesn't make bad decisions. Then he, like, has this, this poise that I think is, like, exemplified by him – telling his own damn coach to like chill out. That was one of my favorite parts of the game. And his coach was, I don't know if everyone saw it, but during the, it was an instant replay. Mm-hmm. The Chiefs defense uh, assumed that Devontae Smith dropped the pass in the replay. And so they started walking back to the old spot. And um, Nick Sirianni is like kind of arrogantly trash talking, taunting them, like waving them to move back up. And Jalen Hurts reaches up and grabs his arm. And they're like smile at each other. They have a good time. But Jalen grabs his arm and pulls it down, which is like just so opposite. Would you would normally expect the coach to be the one that's like all even kill, but he's mm-hmm. flipping out. Jalen Hurts scores touchdowns and just like walks back and then understands that they're in a fight. And Nick Sirianni is doing elaborate shoulder bumps and handshakes on the sideline. It's just so much fun. I love Nick Sirianni. He's my favorite coach. Okay. I'm going to ask you a question I will probably regret. If there's, give me a one word adjective to describe Nick Sirianni from your perspective. Animated. Animated? I, yeah. that, that's that's a lot better than I expected to get. I, <laughs> I, I, I cried I, at the start of the game. He was did? animated all game. Would you say corny? Corny <laughs> a fair way to describe Nick Sirianni. Uh, corny's in the eye of the beholder. Okay. As the beholder, it, it feels a little acty to me. Yeah. You know, it, it feels like, again, maybe he's not, not crying. Like, who's the guy who cried a few years ago? I don't remember. Uh, no, I remember No Sean Moreno. No Sean, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He had a real bad cry. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. When people cry and don't wipe their eyes, it's a little weird. But <laughs> like, <laughs> like, what are you doing? Just clean up your face. But it I mean, whatever. Clear, it's, clearing your table the, out. The one thing, one way I would push back about it being like actory is who wants to be seen that way? Like if I was going <laughs> to act like somebody, that's not what I'll act like, which is why I was like, no, this is who he is. And Hey, be you, man. It's going to rub some people the wrong way, but be you true to mm-hmm. yourself. Nick mm-hmm. was the Jalen hurts third and 14 play. Was that the most impressive play of the night from here, from your perspective? <sighs> you... I mean, when he barreled everyone over for that two-point conversion, it's pretty good. But that, that pretty throw, nice. the the bad part about that throw is I don't think that led to a score. Um, I will look it I up. Don't think, yeah, but that I think that was the single most impressive throw of the night. He had another one, I think, to Goddard and one to um, to Smith that was like deep overs, I think, that were mm-hmm. really 
dropped in there well. But I yeah, I remember thinking, oh, the third and fifteen is big, third and fourteen is big because it's gonna keep the drive alive and they're gonna score. And then I feel like they might not have scored. Mm, I'm looking at no, they they kicked a field goal. Oh, okay. at the end of that try. So they got they got three, but they did not get seven. Um, it just felt like, you know, that is the sort of play where if it's Mahomes, and I hate this 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 Twitter thing of, you know, talking about everyone else like you do Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes is is one of one. But like that is an inch perfect throw. It's a cover two beater is a throw where it has to be in that spot. Probably if it's any if it's placed anywhere differently, it's probably intercepted, if not tipped away at the very least. And it's it's like the sort of play where I think earlier in his career, as cool as her says, I'm not sure he has the confidence to make that throw. Like you have to trust that you're going to be perfect to even attempt that pass, let alone actually execute it. And Hertz did. He shouldn't have the confidence to take that throw. <laughs> it's a risky throw in a situation. Uh, I mean, it's one of those things that's like, no, no, no. Yes. And it was an incredible throw. I wouldn't have had the confidence to, to, opt for him to make that throw and honestly like Patrick Mahomes maybe Drew Brees I don't know who's like Drew Brees pretty old now though yeah I'm trying to think of people in their prime obviously accurate quarterbacks that could do something like that I think Aaron Rodgers is in that conversation but I wouldn't that's it's an ill-advised pass I would never advise anyone to throw that pass it's like you hit it but okay it's like Dame Lillard shooting from the logo sticker yeah, no one thinks that's a good shot until it goes in. <laughs> but it's it was like they're in Tampa too. Like that that's where you gotta put the football, no? No, no, no? it's not. No, you throw it out of bounds and you punt the ball away. Oh. Or, you, or you drop it down to someone else. Like they they knew it was third and fourteen. So the Tampa two is not a true Tampa two. Like Ladarius Snee was mm-hmm. all the way back. Dropping. Yeah. Yeah, it was all the way under there. Like they were forcing you to to throw it down. So check it down and let your running back or whomever try to fight for the first down. Or you can try to scramble and run yourself or throw it away and punt it. Do not try to fit it through a football size hole. Uh, <laughs> but he did. He did. He did. He's pretty good, as it turns out. Um mm. We talked about this a little bit on Debatable last night, but I want to get your thoughts on this in a different way. So, obviously, the Eagles have a ton of talent, a lot of free agents on the defensive side of the ball, guys like Javon Hargrave, Ndamukong King Sue, Fletcher Cox, James Bradbury, all free agents after this season. Jalen Hurts about to get a big raise, which no question, he obviously deserves. Eagles have two first-round picks this year. They're in great position to keep winning but do you think this was their best chance at a title with this kind of core of guys around Jalen Hurts it's hard to argue that it's not teams just like this talented don't just pop up overnight it's going to be harder and also this healthy and going up against a a team in the Chiefs that I think is very beatable and not nearly as good as I think they will be in the coming years. So, yeah, given all the variables, and the NFC won't continue to be this this bad, like all that stuff, even outside of them putting together a roster. The NFC won't be as bad. The opponent on the other side in in the AFC will probably be better. They won't be this healthy again. And then maybe they don't hit on their draft picks, and maybe they miss uh, a couple here or there. So, yeah. It's going to be – it's unlikely that anyone 
uh, or that Philadelphia is going to get a shot that's as good as this one. Mm-hmm. There was the the style of play for the Eagles, right? Like, I feel like, again, we talked about this a little bit, but I want to frame it a different way. Like, that idea of what wins in a Super Bowl. And I know the Eagles lost. I know that they did not pull out the sure. game in the long run. But, like, we've all sat through the conversations about Lamar Jackson and the stuff about, oh, well, you know, he's going to get figured out. Like, like once once teams get the, the running stuff on film, like, that stuff is a gimmick offense and there, there's not going to be a – that's not going to win in the postseason. And Lamar Jackson has struggled. He's played poorly in the postseason, I think it's fair to say. Jalen Hurts is out here as the focal point of quarterback rushing attack. They're running tons of RPOs. They're they're using Jalen Hurts in a way that 15 years ago would have seemed absolutely insane at the NFL level. And it's not insane yet, but I guess like uh, my questions are, number one, do you think Hurts' play in this game is going to eliminate those conversations about uh, what you need to look like in terms of your your skill set, in terms of your scheme to win a Super Bowl, and number two, do you think that's going to be the way the majority of teams play in the NFL twenty or thirty years down the line? No, it won't eliminate the criticism or the expectations in the short term because those are deeply ingrained, <laughs> and I don't think oh, sure. one J- Jalen Hurts um, uh, game is going to change that. If it'll be different 20 years from now, I think that's very possible because we all can see how difficult it is to stop. The difference between Jalen Hurts and Lamar Jackson, I think, is coaching and scheme and oh, sure. talent around him. Is that, like this is anyone who said Lamar Jackson couldn't do it, like is had obviously would see if you could see Lamar in this situation, we all would expect him to play as well or at least close to it well enough to win the Super Bowl. So, yeah, I, I think it's probably pretty hard to find players like that that have the accuracy and the passing ability and the the great athleticism that Jalen Hurts has. But I think there are definitely going to be some copycats in the league in the next 10 to 15 years. Lots of people are going to be willing to give it a try that probably wouldn't have in the past. Mm, what a shame. We're going to see fewer, fewer terrible <laughs> – Split five yeah. pocket passers as opposed yeah. to people who are talented and fun and score points. Yeah, I mean, they can play tight end, those pocket passers. Yeah. <laughs> they can play tight end. And I can do that. You could move any NFL quarterback to tight end where they they have no say uh, in the matter. Oh, uh, I guess if I want the, the, the person to play well at tight end, I think – Josh Allen, but uh, then a... then we'd be moving him away from quarterback, which I wouldn't want to do that. Right. Um. Just somebody. Okay. Let's see. Who's big? Somebody tall. Hmm. <laughs> like, are you moving like, like a Kirk Cousins to tight ends? So you want to lose? Yeah, I, we're losing. Okay, sure. I mean, whatever. We did, Kirk Cousins. Not... I I don't see him blocking or getting open. It's not going to be an effective move. That's fine. Be mean to Kirk Cousins. I'm not saying mean, but just just to see what they can do. I mean, you don't know, I know. if they can be an NFL caliber player. They can't win a Super Bowl with Kirk Cousins, so try something different. Not a tight end for Kirk Cousins. He's where are you going to be? Uh, where are you moving, uh, Kirk Cousins? Um, offensive coordinator. It seems like his future. Offensive coordinator. 
That's the Kirk Grill, Cousins future. Grill master Kirk Cousins. Now nah, he made too much money to be offensive coordinator. He's just, he's just gonna. Isn't it incredible how much money Kirk Cousins has made? Oh, so proud of him. Good job, that's, Kirk. That, that's like the Carson Wentz thing. When I think I I was like writing about Carson Wentz this week, and I was thinking like, okay, like what's Carson Wentz gonna do next year? And then I was like, this dude just made hundred and twenty million dollars playing football. Nice. Like, he don't he need gonna, this shit. Is he gonna? Would you rather go hunt in North Dakota somewhere, or you know, be the yes. backup that everyone hates? Uh, yes. I've never been hunting, but uh, if that's what he's into, go do that. I, I would. I, I feel pretty confident that's what Carson Wentz is into. I I, I will happily apologize if <laughs> if we don't have like pictures of Carson Wentz in camo or bright orange. Yeah, with, yeah like, I feel like he wore he wore a camo suit at one point. So you're right. He's definitely. Didn't he wear like a camo sport coat or something to a game at one point, I think? That's a good look. Do you, Is think, it? The, do you think the Eagles lost because Devontae Smith did not have an impressive enough wardrobe on the way to this game? Oh, that is I didn't a, see. That is definitely a cam it's a camo suit and like a fedora combination. Oh, which yeah. is it was a, it was a, it was very Walter White goes hunting after uh, a court case. I don't know. Someone um, someone said, Looks like the DJ at a farmer's only wedding. <laughs> That's not it's funny though. I, mean, I know. I think that's not mean. That's a good joke. Yeah, that's it's a fine. good joke. It, Carson, yeah. Carson is in on the joke. I hope. But yeah, yeah. I, I, he's not coming back to play as like a four million dollar a year backup. And you got one hundred thirty million dollars in the bank. Nor should you. I mean, unless he wants to prove some sort of point or something. I don't know. I don't know who he's proven it to because I don't think anyone to you the opportunity. Well, he, he should have proven it to me about four years ago because <laughs> we, there was a point where you and I had to argue that Dak Prescott. <sighs> was better than Carson Wentz and had to argue from behind, had to argue, had to try and convince hearts and minds. That a sad day. It was a sad day. Uphill battle, but we got there. We got there. People believed us eventually. We found we, we never made, believed us. They just they just had no choice. Yes, they just they just pretended that they hadn't made those arguments previously and started <laughs> complaining about something else. So we won't have to make those arguments now, Dominique. We are done with the 2022 NFL season. You mentioned you're quitting Mina Kimes' show. Now that the season is over, smart move to be fair. Get off the bandwagon while you have the chance. But during the off season, where can people check out your takes? I don't know. That's not true. You do know. <laughs> I mean, I have a podcast. They could follow that, and I'll say things in there. I don't really tweet anymore. It's just I'm, it's exhausting. Oh yeah. So, <laughs> I don't really like Twitter and it's not like some big political uh, Elon Musk stance. It's just like I I don't know. There was one point when I felt like I got something out of it. Mm-hmm. Now it's just like uh, it just feels like work. It's like mm. they don't pay me extra to tweet, so I'm good. Imagine if they did though. Oh. Whew. You'd be yeah, all over be, the place. Oh, filling up the cup with tweets. <laughs> fire, fire Run it over. <laughs> good morning. <laughs> I'll be one of those guys, rise and grind. <laughs> rise. And then I go back to sleep and wake up 30 minutes later and say, great workout, guys. Just posting pictures from Chipotle. <laughs> exactly. Carbo loading. <laughs> I, I do like, I, I, I would like to do an entire show with you where it's just your hashtag voice uh, uh, for yeah, the entire show. <laughs> just announcements. That's yes. what it sounds like. It's like, uh, yes. I feel like I'm giving school announcements. A- airport announcement, man. Donnelly oh, Foxworth. Yeah. <laughs> Please do not leave your luggage (laughs) unattended. That's the first concern. That's the first concern. All right. I'm going to plug your stuff. Dominique Foxworth podcast. I just did. I said it. No, you said you have a podcast. You didn't say the name of the podcast. 
It's, it's my name. Follow it. Rate it. Review it. Listen to it. If you like it, keep listening to it. If you don't, don't. You're on Debatable. That too. Which is not being canceled now that I'm not on anymore, I believe. But I can't say for sure. Uh, yeah, hey, hey, let's not get ahead of yourself. You you heard something that I haven't heard? Uh, season's over. I don't, I don't got anything else to say. Oh, okay, okay. So it's not getting... Okay, never mind. <laughs> and then you're on TV. Yeah, get up. I mean, I feel like ESPN does not need promotion. Like, mm, I think people know. You'd be surprised. You'd be surprised. Okay. Are you, are are you, you getting, watch me on Get Up, guys. Have you given up on writing? Um, pretty much. Writing over? Yeah, yeah that's It feels idea. that way. That's smart. Yeah, I'm sorry. I actually like it, though, but I don't mm. miss it that much. Yeah, you're not missing out. Trust me. All right. Dominic Foxworth, we'll have you back to start the 2023 season. Until then, rest well. Thank you, sir. All right. The 2022 NFL season is over here on the Bill Barnwell Show. Hope you guys enjoyed it. We have more football stuff coming. There's going to be free agency, draft, all the player movement stuff is coming in the weeks to come. And we'll hit all that stuff then. But of course, the season is the focal point and hope you guys enjoyed it. Hit a lot of football stuff, some betting, some fantasy, some X's and O's like you heard with Dominique today. Try to hit a range of things. Hope you guys enjoyed it and we'll have more off-season content coming next week.